0: This is Amanda, and this is Rachel, and this is Vocal Perspective. Hi everyone and welcome to episode 60 of Vocal Perspective. We have a guest today that I've been waiting to bring on for quite some time. Today we're talking to Laura Kreschke. She is a founding member of Green Tone Acapella out in Wisconsin, which is also a group that's a founding member of CAL, the Contemporary Acapella League, which is a place that has a very special place in my heart. And she is now the president of the Contemporary Acapella League. Hi, Laura, how are you? I'm
1: well. Thanks so much for having me today, Amanda.
0: Of course, it's nice to have you since I work with you all the time. So we like to start off all of our episodes giving our listeners a little bit of an idea of how you got into acapella.
1: Oh, man. Well, I mean, that could be a super long story, right? But I mean, (laughs) ultimately, it all started in college. And I mean, I can pinpoint an exact moment when I was completely 150 thousand percent bought in. I was with my now husband, but then boyfriend, at an acapella concert and heard UW-Madison's Tangle Up in Blue perform a joint concert with one of the male acapella groups, the UW Mad Hatters, and I think at the time I was a junior, and it took me a long time, well, not long, but six and a half years to graduate from college. So, like, for me, that was early in my college career overall, (laughs) but I remember being in the audience at that show, and after Tangled Up in Blue was done, I just knew that that was going to be my niche for the remainder of my college experience, and I auditioned three times, and I was not like, daunted by, you know, the first two, and they were like, eh, nope, we, you know, when they posted their, their list <laughs> for their new members, and I was not on that list, I was like, well maybe next year, then I'll just keep trying. (laughs) I mean, I was already pretty decent friends with with a few of the gals anyway. And, and they, you know, were were very gracious and very graceful at at all those audition attempts of mine. And I kind of abide by the rule of three. So that third one, I just really felt in my heart, like, Oh, I really think this is it. And I was so grateful (laughs) that it finally was. Um, And that's what it, it really was my niche for the rest of college. So I mean, I I was a low alto singer when I joined the group. Eventually, well, a year later, there was a need for a director and the girls had kind of rallied behind me and a few others about leading the group and they chose me to to do it. And I, somebody needed to be the vocal percussionist. So over that summer between my, I guess it was my fourth and fifth year of school, I taught myself how to beatbox and mostly did it in my car on my way (laughs) driving from Madison to where my husband was living at the time to just, you know, Listening to songs on the radio and learning how to beatbox in my car, and <laughs> that's one of the better
0: parts of being in an all-female group because that's usually how it happens. Everyone's like, "Who wants to go try?" <laughs>
1: pretty much what it was, and I was like, "Well, somebody's got to do it." And if, if I'm if I'm leading the group, I mean, I guess you know, I, if whoever else wants to do it too it would be great. But yeah, I mean, I, I just picked it up and it, it worked out, and that was my heart and soul for the remainder of college. And I graduated in December of. 2004. So now I've dated myself. So there you go. And (laughs) still after I did. (laughs) (laughs) Well, there you go. See what I'm saying? It took me a while. And I had like a year where, well, I graduated in December of 2004, but I did my student teaching in 2005. So I was still in the group for that school year. And then after that school year was done, I found out, you know, into that summer that I was going to have a baby, yay. And, uh, you know, <laughs> over that the year and a half after he was born and going into the fall of 2007, the summer of 2007 and into the fall was when Deke Sharon had posted about the Contemporary Acapella League, wanting to start a league of people who were what I felt, I was like, oh, it's just like me. Like it was this opportunity <laughs> to start a league of folks who had graduated from college or who had some Type of a, a singing group in high school or, or whatever, but prior to entering the quote-unquote real world and needing to still have that outlet somehow. And I just thought, oh, well... I have to do this. It, it was like the same <laughs> pivotal feeling that I'd felt years back when I knew that I had to be entangled Up in Blue. So that was, you know, fast forward to 2007. That was when Green Tone came to be after meeting to form the league out in San Francisco and coming back. And I casually mentioned it to one of the gals who I'd continue to be friends with after college about being a part of this new acapella group. She's like, I have been waiting for years for you to say this. And I said, but we <laughs> haven't even been out of college for that long. And she's like, I have been waiting years for you to say this. So, you know, that that brings us all the way up to the start of of Cal. But I mean, that that's how I got into acapella. I mean, we could go back and say it happened long before that, like when I was in high school or whatever. But I mean, really, the acapella love was definitely a college occurrence for me.
0: Oh, yeah. That moment where you're like, wait, like, I want to do that. So let's talk a little bit about green tone, as most people probably have figured out acapella is still a very coastal thing. So to hear about a group, especially an adult group popping up in Wisconsin, let's talk about how that happened a little bit.
1: Sure. Well, gosh, so okay, so here we are 2007. And I, again, casually mentioned to my friend Carrie that I want to start this group. And she she was all in from the beginning. And I had another good friend who I'd been a co-worker with at the time, and we were both in the School of Music together. Her name is Katie. We ultimately became the trio that founded Green Tone. And from there, I asked a few uh, few people that I knew who I'd sung with in college that were still in the Madison area and just really wanted to bring together a few people just to sing ultimately first. And then if it, you know, from there, however big we decided we wanted the group to be, if it meant auditioning folks, then that's something we would definitely consider doing. And I mean, I can't recall exactly. I think, I think we were able to recruit like another four maybe five, to join us as like an initial baseline group of people who wanted to to sing. And we, I mean, we sang some old stuff from college and I have had continued to arrange music after college. So I had some new stuff for everybody to sing. and And then we held some auditions, which yielded, I would say, a few people who hung around for like a year or so, and then they would leave. And I would say after the first two years, we had like the same we had kind of a core group of i would say six people and they the six of us hung around for a really really long time and of those six and uh, now it is five of us that are still around even today 13 years later and that's been since about and the uh, of the of those me and Katie and Carrie are the three pillars that have hung around forever <laughs> so over the years i mean what has what's interesting as, i guess as a trend for us is we have built a really, really solid, very tight knit group of people. And I don't have we don't have a ton of turnover. So after Katie Carrie and I, the the second oldest after that joined us in 2008. I just saw her at a park meetup with her kids over the weekend and we were remarking about how she's been around since both of my daughters have been born, (laughs) which is pretty wild. (laughs) And then after that, my cousin joined us in 2009 and she's still singing with us now. So there's that group of five that has been around with us since 2009. After that, we had some auditions and... Part of it was through word of mouth and inquiry, like getting random emails here and there from people who were like, hey, I've heard of you. I'm, I'm new to Madison and I want to audition. I want to keep singing. So I've had a handful of those over the years. So that has brought in a, a couple of people who have now since come and gone. But one of them hung around for, gosh, let's see, five years. Another one was around for, I think, three years or so like and and that's been between like 2010 and 2015 and then my two newest one joined in 2014 and is still with us now and the newest one joined us in the fall of 2017 and each time we end up landing at about our group seems to peak at 10 like there have been periods where we've had 11 and it's been fine and then that 11th person whoever it happens to be tends to fall off the back end of the wagon of their own choosing and the the fall has been graceful and they've you know gone on with their life or moved out of state which was the case for a couple of them and and we continue to hold really strong at 10 so that that's you know it's it's hard starting a new group i i would think but but i think perseverance and, and knowing that if there are certain voice parts that you really are looking for to to round out the, the sound you're looking for, I mean, I guess I would say just to back that up, I, I think it's important to have an idea for what you want your group to sound like. Even if that mm-hmm. changes over time, and I and I guess one example of that I would say is for I would say the first five years I was really holding out for that high, beautiful, floaty, crystal clear, beautiful, straight tone soprano, and I, I oh had that a, unicorn I, oh I know right I mean and I, I knew a few people who could do that, and finally, finally, one of them I saw her at a restaurant. I was. I had a lunch break and had met my husband for lunch and she was there with a friend and I I said how are you and we talked briefly she's like so are you still doing green tone is that still a thing you do and I said yes are you interested finally And she's like, yes I said that's like <laughs> the best news I've heard in years and and so she's and so she's been one that has been with us since that would have been in 2011 so she's been with us for quite a while as well So I mean so again that it's I think it's important to have an idea of what you want your group to sound like because that will narrow the zone of of the people you want to try and find and bring on board and and yeah so there was a lot of trial and error at first because new groups are always hard to get things to stick and people who came and went in the first handful of years I think probably thought it wasn't a thing that would hang around for a long time but here we are you know just passing our 13th birthday and even though we haven't sung (laughs) together since March we all talk as a group weekly I mean through like group chat and social Mm -hmm. media venues and and so yeah. That's kind of in a nutshell what has gotten us to, at least, you know, membership wise, what has brought us to now.
0: Yeah. And I think, you know, most people come out of collegiate acapella where, yeah, this group is 50 years old, 80 years old, but they have membership turnover every single year. And that's part of the process. So I think when you get into adult acapella and there's no like set number of years that you can be in the group, there's no like automatic influx of potential auditionees, that retention rate is really important. But what kind of tips would you have? I mean, We see this in a lot of Cal groups, like most of them are still around. A lot of these founding members of Cal are still around. And now these groups are turning 12, 13, 14, 15 years old. And that's really exciting to see. So I was wondering if you have some tips for longevity, especially a group of 10 to get 10 people to consistently show up is is a feat. <laughs> it's, well, it is,
1: it, it's absolutely a feat. And I mean, I remember in the early years of Cal, there were email discussions that would pop up frequently about rehearsal attendance and gig attendance and, and, and those two things in particular. And then I, I would guess another another piece was rehearsal preparedness were like three oft discussed bits of conversation. And I think what has helped us stay really consistent and, you know, ultimately hold each other accountable is that the the bar for attendance has never changed. And everybody has believed in it. And it, it's and it's crystal clear. It's not hard. It's we rehearse every Thursday, and you need to be on time. And we don't plan in other social events in our rehearsal time. Work is uh, is an excuse or an exception, I should say. You know, it's <laughs> yeah, not an excuse. You know, if you have a work obligation, if you have a family obligation, or if you are ill, then of course, don't come to rehearsal. But otherwise, plan to be at rehearsal. And I mean, that has helped build not just our sound, but it's also helped build our community. So everybody, everybody is very clear on that from the get go. For the people who auditioned in the latter half of the time that this group has been around, it's been questions we have asked in the rehearsal like, are you available on Thursdays? Are you available in this time frame? This is when we rehearse. We don't plan other social obligations in this time frame, period. This is our time. If something really important comes up, we can understand. If it becomes a consistent, oh shoot, like my friends are going to a concert. Or the next week, I'm going to a football game or whatever. Like, then there was one instance where we asked that person to leave and she was fine with it because she didn't agree with what she felt was too strict in terms of a policy (laughs) in regard to (laughs) rehearsal attendance. So, and, and so that was okay. And nobody was mad at her ultimately. Because of it, but we were upset at the time because her attendance was not consistent and it impacted everybody else who felt like they had to pull the weight for her. So I'd say be really crystal clear on your expectations. I think that's something that is, is one thing that I continue to carry from my years of working retail management. It's just be really crystal clear, like I just said, with your expectations. And then there's Less reason to be disappointed by yeah. some type of behavioral fallout. <laughs> I don't know how else to put that. But but yeah, so I would say that that's a big thing, which is carried into gig attendance as well. Like if we plan um, or if we are asked to sing for something, it is rare that we'll accept a performance opportunity where we are missing key voices and so it depends on the the formality of the the performance opportunity and most in order for us to do our best job we really do need everybody so that that rehearsal etiquette really dictates how we then are prepared to to sing for gigs and as far as rehearsal preparedness goes i mean they all get listening tracks for all of their tunes and and it's really a really what we've all agreed is it's a really individual thing to know what you need to do to be prepared for rehearsal. So I have girls who don't read music very well and the listening tracks are essential for their ability to be really ready. Like I can teach music in rehearsal and the couple that read music not as well as the others definitely pick up on what we're doing and do so quickly and need the group rehearsal time just as much as anybody else. But that one person in particular, there's one in particular who spends a great deal of time on her own with all of her listening tracks. And mm-hmm. from there, it's kind of a range. Some will use it as they'll use, rehearse <laughs> their music on their, their way to and from work. You know, they play those really amazing MIDI or MP3 tracks of their part in their car <laughs> and do their thing and others. Again, it's, it's a range. What amount of time they need. I just ask that everybody puts in the time that they need so that when we're rehearsing together, especially after I've taught initially that it's not like we have to go back and relearn over and over and over again, because anybody feels in some way behind. So
0: yeah, and that's no fun for the people that have learned their music. So it's just so funny. You mentioned like rehearsing in your car. And I'm like, Oh, I miss my car rehearsal time. And just to touch on, you said about, you know, setting these expectations and these rules. And I know a lot of people are like, oh, that seems so strict. And like, yeah, we're adults and blah, blah, blah. But yeah, I promise you set it up front and everyone's lives are easier when it becomes a problem.
1: Right. Well, and then I'm, and yeah, just to I guess just. Yeah, I mean, I'm fist pumping preaching to the choir here. But I mean, yeah, I think being clear means also that the expectations themselves are really simple. So then the, the conversation when something arises, because somebody hasn't met the expectation, it's like, well, but you went to a basketball game instead of coming to practice. It's like, I don't know.
0: Yeah, and you agree to it up front. So it just it does. So let's transition now into Cal. So the Contemporary Acapella League started with Deke Sharon, and it was part of CASA. It was under the CASA umbrella. And then in 2015, we as leaders of Cal said, you know what, we need to be our own separate organization run by our own separate board of all people that understand what this league is about. So we've been doing this now, I can't believe it for five years almost. Actually, yes, five years, because I don't remember what month it is. But yeah, we informally founded in August of 2015. And then officially were recognized as a nonprofit at the beginning of 2016. So very exciting. So I will let you talk a little bit about Cal, even though yeah, you are my successor as president, but you have been there from the beginning. Yeah, well, I
1: mean, I'm telling you what you already know. So as a a group of adult singers, I think I think what's great about Cal is that it is that our ability to, especially more recently, we've we've done some really great work in creating some resources of our own to share with the community. And what I love about it is that it it represents what being an adult is kind of like, I mean, we <laughs> I, I mean, our our ability to I wouldn't say it's about our ability, but our, our I guess our track record with presenting resources and then kind of, it's its kind of like a wave, like we have a bunch for a while and then it kind of pulls back and then we have a bunch and it kind of pulls back. And, you know, I think it, it represents what I know I have on our Green Tone website. It's that, you know, we're still here. And if you don't see any updates for a while, that doesn't mean we've gone away. We're just right. busy being adults and doing adulty <laughs> things and, and we're around. So just, just email us if you have a question or don't see some information you know I I feel like we're we're in a still in a really formative place yeah um, just to kind of move away from that idea you know as in terms of building consistency around the resources and opportunities we have to bring the community together we have an opportunity big time I think to grow in consistency and being a an even bigger presence for groups that are in cal but also to bring uh, additional groups into our league. I know one of the big long-term picture ideas for cal is to be the kind of organization that that stands amongst organizations like the barbershop harmony society for example yeah. as like a really big organization to stand in our own even you know as next to the collegiate a cappella bucket if you will, you know yes. they're like yeah. if you if you lump them all together they're like their own great big organization of sorts you know as little groups not little groups but groups of of their own as one large collective whole so and and there are a lot of adults who still have a great deal of love of this particular kind of artful singing. So I think we have a lot of really wonderful growth opportunities in our future. And again, the more especially over the last six months, the the resources we've been able to pull together and have guests as webinar events since especially the summer have been a really great experience for us as a board in terms mm-hmm. of planning. And I think it can only get better from here.
0: Yeah, I agree. It, watching the arc of of Cal. And it's been, you know, we kind of pop up when people need us. And then we were like, okay, we'll just have our our fun little laughy board meetings where it's just sometimes a chance for all of us to laugh together. But you know, we've gone through events, we've had a big range of events and a lot of our groups though are aging you know now when we started originally Cal was a lot of 20-somethings and now Cal is ranging from those 20-somethings all the way up to people that are now looking at 40 and staring down the barrel at 50 (laughs) which is crazy
1: Amanda I just turned 41 so (laughs) I mean I know what you're saying and that's still not old No, <laughs> but none of us feel old. But when I think about being 27, when this all first went down, that's like, wow.
0: (laughs) And life changes. Yeah. I mean, and I think one of the biggest things for us is, you know, yeah, a lot of these groups start when people are in their 20s. And then you, you know, you watch people in your group get married and have kids and, you know, get promotions at work and change jobs. And then, you know, some of us get divorced. And like, there's a lot of, you know, you watch a lot of the life cycle go through. So I think a lot of us for the board, I think a lot of us just want to be, able to help groups get through that help groups get off the ground, like you said, like, it took a while to get green tone off the ground. And I know my own cow group, it took us a while to kind of get our feet underneath us. And then I see these new groups pop up, and they're like, super gung ho for three months. And they're like, this is hard. And that's where I, you know, I feel like we step in and we're like, okay, we've all been there.
1: So uh, let us help you. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that's one of the one thing in particular that I've I guess I've been thinking a lot about just in terms of how are the resources we have to offer groups different from what other adult organizations offer their groups, you know, based on the kind Mm -hmm. of singing that we do. So I I mean, And I, I really loved what you said about we we pop up when people need us. I feel like we've had an opportunity to be a support for people over the last six months. I would love I will greatly enjoy seeing how that changes as we move forward from the pandemic. I know it feels like we're never moving forward from the pandemic. <laughs> One day we will, though. <laughs> we will. We really will. Like, I, I I don't know, like earlier in the pandemic, I read a lot about... The 1917 pandemic and the the influenza pandemic and just and it was history related specifically to Wisconsin, but they used a lot. It came from the Wisconsin Historical Society, but it, it talked a lot about how you know eventually how people moved forward after the pandemic was over. And I feel like there's a lot of parallels in terms of you know behavior and and I I'm grateful and continually hopeful at what the future looks like for everybody as we continue to move forward through this whole yeah. thing. Even though it's <laughs> oh really gosh. freaking hard right now. It is hard, but
0: <laughs> the transition back to quote unquote normal life, I think is going to be a challenge in itself. So, you know, we I haven't been in rehearsal for eight months, like fitting that back into my life because I know that was important to me and it's still important to me. Like, okay, well where do we gig again? Like is it safe is it safe to get together and then is it safe to gig and like There's a lot of questions that are left to be answered. Well, and
1: that'll be different to different communities too, right? So, I mean, where it's safe in one place might be less safe elsewhere. And that's going to be, I think, a particular challenge for any musical organization to have to work through all of that.
0: I'd say I can't wait. And in a way, I can't wait. But, you know, and, and I'm looking forward to Cal being a big part of helping groups transition back into the active singers that we were and will be again.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. (laughs) Definitely.
0: Oh, every time I'm like, I wish we made this podcast an hour instead of a half an hour, but... I also know that I have my limitations (laughs) as an adult, that I have time to edit a half hour podcast every week. But Laura, thank you so much for joining us. And, you know, as someone that's worked alongside you on the board, I am very excited to see where Cal goes under your leadership. So thank you for coming. Thanks.
1: I I am glad that I have such a resource in you to look to and that you have continued to be a part of the board. So
0: it's yeah, it's it's special. And I, I think that's what makes Cal special is it's it's special to all
1: of us yep agreed agreed thanks so much amanda for having me
0: thanks a lot we'll see you next tuesday see you next tuesday